This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 454. And the quote of the day is, The secret of change is to focus all of your energy not on fighting the old, but on building the new. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers, music industry professionals, and thought leaders. Inspiration, education, and motivation for drumming, and beyond, and beyond, and beyond. Hey, what's up? Nick Ruffini here. Thanks for tuning in to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, episode 453. We're getting up there, and uh, there's so many great drummers out there that I just keep finding more and more and more. And today is no exception. We got Matt Starr. And before we get into the interview, I want to remind you that if you want to get the free ebook that I wrote a while ago, it's called Stick Control Variations, and it's 11 creative exercises that you can use with the book Stick Control. And all you have to do is just go to drummersresource.com forward slash book, drummersresource.com forward slash book, get your free copy, and it'll add you to the mailing list and all that stuff, so you'll be up to date with what's going on. But yeah, it's 100% free. You can just go grab it, drummersresource.com forward slash book. And let's get into this conversation. This is with Matt Starr and... For those of you who don't know uh, about Matt and, and Matt's work, he is most notably the drummer for Mr. Big and Ace Freely of Kiss, but he has a really, really interesting story about how he actually almost gave up playing totally because he was sort of in his late 30s, he was struggling and wasn't playing the gigs that he wanted to, wasn't playing with the people who he wanted to be playing with, and completely changed the way that he does things and developed this sort of whole new career, a uh, very successful career. So it's a great story. There's a lot to learn here. And this is really, really good for anyone who is trying to make those transitions, who wants to get into a different situation. And it doesn't have to be that you want to get into you know, playing with this huge band or something like that. But it could be you just want to get with better players in your neighborhood or just play better gigs around town or whatever it is. So there's a lot to learn here. So let's get into it with my man, Matt Starr. Matt Starr, how are you, my man? I'm good, brother. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks so thanks so much for being a part of this, man. It took us I always say this. I'm like, oh, it took us a long time to line it up, but that is as we were saying off air, like that's the nature of the beast, right? That's the that's the business that we work in. Yeah, I think, you know, guys coming and going and if the phone rings, you say yes and then schedules change. So yeah. Right. I think that's right. part of the I think anyone you want to talk to is gonna you probably want to talk to them because they're busy you know so i think it's all all it's all understood amongst each other you know we all kind of know about it you know i never really thought about it that way but i think if i sent someone an email about an interview and they're like i can do right now i'd be like oh maybe i shouldn't be interviewing this person (laughs) right right yeah act just act busy you know yeah oh this week is super super tight i can't do it this week totally well that's a kind of actually a thing i talked with dave elich about like a, a couple of years ago was like you know you talk to people and in LA it's like, you don't want to say like, Hey man, what's going on? Not much, you know, but then, you know, maybe you are just chilling and that's, that's fine. But you know, you don't want to sound like you're not busy, but also you don't want to sound like you're too busy. Cause I've had people people go, Oh man, you know, I was going to call you for this thing, but I just figured, you know, you're on tour all the time. And it's like, well, it might look like it, but check. And, and to that point, I actually, had a producer call me um, two weeks ago 
I was doing a Facebook live and then he texts me like while I'm doing the Facebook live and I hit him back and he goes, Hey, I didn't know you were in town. Can you come up and do a session? And he said, you know, you really got to text me when you come back. He goes, cause I just think you're always on the road. Hmm. And he goes, and so when I see your Facebook live, I said, this is the second Facebook live that you've called me right after or while I'm on while I'm on, you know, air or whatever it is, you know, doing right, the right. Life. and he goes, yeah, cause I know you're in town and he lives, we live about a mile and a half from each other. And so, um, so to that point, you know, I think it's, you kind of sometimes feel like, Hey, I'm in town. Let me know if anything is going on. You don't want to like put out the word too hard, but you know, he said, look, let me know. Cause I just think you're always gone. Yeah. And you gotta, you gotta figure out how you can walk that line and, and sort of be like, uh, I'll figure it out. You know, if I'm here, I can probably, you know, move some things around or, or reschedule things. And, you know, the interesting thing about, about quote unquote being busy, I, it's, it's funny. I mean, there was actually this big article that was written about it is like, that's people's default answer. When you say, how are you? And they're like, I'm busy. Right. It's like, well, what the fuck does that mean? I was asking how you are. I was asking how you are not, you know, what, and they're, Oh, I'm so busy. I'm so bu-. It's like, busy is not like busy is not a, uh, a thing. Well, busy's not good. I mean, I see guys, you know, homeless guys with shopping carts and they're busy as hell. You know, <laughs> right. I mean, they, they got shit booked all day long, you know, all they're, day. they're busy. And, uh, yeah, I think that's another thing too, man. I mean, I mean, for me, you know, coming out here, um, you know, I'm not really like a, a hustler by nature. And so mm-hmm. like it, it took a, it took a while to understand being i think specifically being like a hired gun and um not having i was always a band guy so we had a band and you know that's what i did and Mm -hmm. then you know when you kind of get onto that like independent mentality it it can be hard to if you know you're so focused on making it happen so when someone says like how are you you're like well i was just in new york yesterday and then tomorrow the session and it's like oh me oh um you know i think i'm okay you know like right 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 you know, you're so, so I, I have, I've had that where I've talked to people and they say, how are you? And I tell them like what I'm doing and they kind of look at me like, okay. I'm like, oh, <laughs> right. Yeah. We're I'm not a nugget king and a switch gears. Like how am right. I? I'm great. I just bought a, you know, they reissued the white album stereo mix by Giles Martin. Like that, that's how I am. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, yeah. you get in that kind of, um, work mode. And mm-hmm. it, yeah, it can be challenging to switch gears, you know. I always have a problem when someone says, "What do you do?" And I'm like, "I do a lot of stuff." You know, like I play drums, I watch baseball, like I go to the gym. Like, what what are you asking me? You know, and it's like, "Oh no, what do you do for work?" And I'm like, "Why well, does I don't I don't really know why that matters?" But I guess it's a conversation starter. But it's sort of like it doesn't define me. You know, there's there's a lot of other things that that I enjoy, as I'm sure with you that like it, you're it's not just drums and that's it you know? Yeah, totally. I yeah, know it's, a, there are many things. I mean, I, I play drums, I sing, I make pancakes for little kids at seven in the morning <laughs> <Right>. who, <laughs> who happen to be my children, you know? Yeah. There's right, like right. all kinds of like scenarios, uh, yeah. of different things that we do. You know, it's funny. I used to ask people like when I was single, I'd meet girls and I'd be like, Oh, you know, well, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, I'm going to college. Oh, you know, for what? Oh, for, you know, whatever. And I go, Oh, is that, are you into that? Or, and they'd always kind of pause and be like, um, 
yeah, I mean, I guess so. Or it was just a weird question. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm actually curious if you're, if you like what you do or people say, oh, I have a job, I do this. Oh, you know, do you like that? And most times they'd be like, mm, I don't know, not really. Yeah, not really. And I'm like, then what do you, what do you do? What's going on? But it was, it, it always struck them as a weird question. I think you know, it was right. like, you know, do you like it? Cause I think that people are like, why does that matter? And you're like, what do you mean? Why does it matter? It's a very important thing. It's an extremely important thing for you to like what you do. I think I think it was Malcolm X. He said that that what you that what you don't hate, you will learn to tolerate. Yeah, right. You know, and I think that we have a lot of people that don't hate their jobs. They don't like it, but they eventually just end up tolerating it. And then, you know, 30 years down the road, they're like, man, I just wasted 30 years of my life doing something that I actually don't really like to do. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's scary. No, that, that's the truth. That's the truth. I yeah, I found that a lot. You know. So talk to me. Interesting. Talk to me about you about you being younger. At, like, what was what was the young Matt Star like? Were you once you got into playing, were you like, this is it? Like, I know this is what I'm going to do. Or did you did you struggle with that decision? When I was younger, man, I was busy. I was yeah. just so busy. Um, you know, young me, uh, eight years old. Scott Gabala lived up the street from me. So I was eight. He was like 11, 12. And he had an older brother, Paul, who was in high school. Paul smoked cigarettes and looked like Matt Damon, like, you know, that stereotypical, like, Levi's with the ha the hair. And, right. and he would, he always had firecrackers, always. Like, so where was, where around. was this? This is in Connecticut. Connecticut, okay. Yeah. So he had firecrackers on him. All the time, you know, which usually somebody's grandparents or parents would go to Florida. You know, they'd go down for the like the winter <laughs> right. and then they'd come back or they went to Disneyland. And so people would come back and they'd have, you know, oh, hey, he's got he's got eyes. He's got firecrackers and bottle rockets. So you'd go mm -hmm. to his house and knock on door and then like, yeah, 20 cents a quarter a piece or whatever. And you'd mm -hmm. buy some stuff. But this dude, Paul, always had always had the firework. Side note, there's there's an interesting thing about like people on the West Coast don't understand snowbirds. So on the East Coast, we have these things called snowbirds, and they live in Connecticut or New York or Pennsylvania or somewhere that's ungodly cold. In But in the summertime, they live up there. But in the wintertime, they all go to Florida so they don't freeze to death. And it's just an odd concept when you talk to people about it out here. They're like, wait a minute. They live different places at different times of the year? I'm like, yeah, they, they do it all the time. I mean, most people are retired who do it, but – yeah, well, and out here, I think, you know, why would I leave L.A.? It's like, well, no, they would exactly. come to L.A. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. But, yeah, but, so... Um, so, sorry, go ahead. No, so, uh, you know, so Scott had some records, and uh, the second record I ever saw he had was Kiss Alive 2, and so that's this live album from 1977. I opened it up. There's Kiss on stage, fire, smoke, sparks, flames, four guys in these costumes pointing, you know, and just looking like they're having a good time. And I just immediately was like that, that was it. I never felt that way about anything else. You know, I had star hmm. Wars had come out. I loved star Wars, but like kiss was like star Wars and rock and roll and, you know, right. and everything else in blood and all this stuff. So I just, that was it, you know? And, um, I didn't know what they did. I didn't know they had, this was a job. I didn't know they made money or I didn't care about girls or anything like that. I just was mesmerized by that. And I just wanted to be in there in that world. And that never, that never changed. But as I, you know, look back, I realized that was, that was like the moment. So, 
Um, in sixth grade, I wanted to uh, get a guitar for Christmas. So we had the JC Penny catalog, which is mm-hmm. like basically analog Amazon, you know, like this phone book of stuff, everything from tires to furniture to socks to you yeah. know, whatever. Did you have the JC Penny stores too? Yeah, we did. Like we you did. ordered out of the catalog and then you go to the store to pick it up? I think it, you know, that's a good question. I, we may have. I, I just felt like it showed up, but, you know. Yeah, that, I think they did. And then, like, I feel like the stores maybe were later. Like, but they, I remember them having stores that, that you could order and that you could do, like, in-store pickup. That was, like, the new thing. Yeah, and it was, like, uh, that That was, like, a lot of the Christmas things. I would just go through it and circle stuff. So I found a, <laughs> yeah. an amp and I found a guitar that looked like a Les Paul, like Ace Fraley's Les Paul, mm-hmm. Cherry Burst. And, um wanted that my mom never like my parents never told me what we were going to get for christmas which i thought was awesome but this year they were i just bugged them they finally said okay okay fine we'll get you guitars like, okay awesome so then christmas comes along and i go downstairs and there's a bike a red line bike which is like this racing bike i was so psyched and a turntable and like two kiss records so i was so excited and then what? i'm thinking and i'm getting a guitar and so like after kind of everything died down you know, my mom like, okay, it's time for breakfast. I'm like, um, where's the guitar? <laughs> and she's like, oh, you know, honey, we thought that you would be disappointed if you knew what you were getting for Christmas. And I'm like, no, I'm disappointed because I thought I was getting a guitar. And you know, right. back, I mean, Jesus, I got a bike and a turntable. It's pretty good. But right, right. You know, I was bummed, so I moved around the house for like a week. And then she was like, well, you could play in the school band. You could play drums. I was like, I don't want to play drums. And I thought about it. I was like, all right, I'll play drums. So. Uh, got a pair of sticks, got a little practice pad, and then I went into drum uh, class. And and so, like, school band is like, we're in the back of the class. They never, if I was ever a band teacher, and if there's any band teachers with little kids listen, listening, please just do this. The first day of band class, just let your drum section just wail on everything. Because they never let us play until it was our turn to play. Mm-hmm. So the whole class were sitting there like dying to hit these things. And then they go, okay, now drums. And it'd be like, doom, doom. Okay, that's great. Now the flutes. And so <laughs> invariably like I ended up getting in trouble. And so like about a month and I just quit, you know, cause it wasn't drumming, but I, that did get me doing drumming. So I, I took some lessons for a little bit for like a couple months and then summer came and I ended up teaching myself how to play uh, the Pyromania album, like One Side, which is the Def Leppard record. So that was like huge at the time with Photograph and Rock of Ages and Foolin' and all this stuff. And so uh, I figured, well, I'm good, so I don't need to take lessons anymore. And so that's, I just, you know, it was like Pyromania, Shot at the Devil, Motley Crue, Tommy Lee, um, Iron Maiden, Number of the Beast, Highway to Hell, ACDC, and then... uh, Live at Budokan, Cheap Trick, and uh, Live Bootleg Aerosmith. That was like my thing. And I just, those are still, you know, my favorite records. And I just taught myself how to play. And and that was kind of the beginning, you know. So Mm -hmm. it was drums, like out of the gate. And and like, I don't, you know, I don't know if it was like, this is what I wanted to do in my life. I just never wanted to do anything else like I wanted to do music. Right. um, So what happens when you start, when you start to get over get over get older and and 
I don't want to say reality sinks in because that is that's a bad way to phrase it. But what I mean is understanding. You know, like when you're when you're eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve years old, you don't realize that that there's actually real life things that you have to think about, and you don't have to think about how you're going to make money and and what you're going to do with a career, and if you're going to go to college and all that sort of stuff. But as you start to get older, were were you considering a different profession? Were you considering a different path, or were you like, I'm just going to keep riding this? As long as it's working, I'm going to keep I'm going to keep working towards this thing that I want in playing drums. I knew that I loved rock and roll and that I absolutely did not want a job. So those two things were kind of my guiding, uh, you know, my beacon. So, um, yeah, no, I just I just wanted to play music and I, I just I got to figure out how to how to make enough money doing it. Mm-hmm. And so um you know, I worked at Seven Eleven, and I did landscaping during the summer in my teenage years and worked for UPS. And uh, that was funny with the unions and stuff and, uh, you know, all, all that. They would they were trying to get me to care because if you misplaced the package, then you'd have to go have a meeting. But your union sponsor would be there. So like the boss would be there. And then this guy's like, this is your union sponsor. And you know, hi, hi, Matt. You know, and I'm like, am I getting yelled at by both of these guys or what? <laughs> and it was like, no, the, the one guy was like mad, you know, then the other guy was my advocate. He works for the right. union. I didn't understand the concept. So they'd lean on me. And then the other guy go, well, he'll do better. Next. And I'm like, I can just take care of this. But they were trying to figure out, <laughs> you know, like, so we need you to understand that when you do this and I'm just like, mm, okay, you know, where do you see you need one of those guys on 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 tour with you when you like miss a note or something you know you you miss a change yeah <laughs> he'll, he's gonna try he'll work better. better he'll do he'll do better next time yeah yeah it was it was such a weird weird dynamic i still think that they were both against me but anyway so you know i had worked some jobs i just didn't want to do that and so fell into playing covers mm-hmm. uh which was uh, in connecticut was kind of you know I, I maybe there was a session world of some sort but i wasn't i wasn't hip to it but I think one of the things that kind of that I didn't get at an early age was, you know, working hard. Like I loved playing drums and I just played constantly, you know, so mm-hmm. I never thought of that as work. But as far as like looking at it as a business, I just wanted to play music and I figured the money would just happen. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of guys feel the same way because they have a passion and they're good at it. And, you know, if you're a reasonable human being and you, and you look, you know, semi cool or semi what the people who play your music looks like you should get work and and i did but like not what i wanted and that baffled me for years and years and years and then that's you know that's more of a fast forward into my 30s but you know where the the coaching thing came up but i think back then what i would have appreciated is for somebody to tell me like this is a job and you need to you need to understand that this is a business and you can do whatever you want with your life, but, but you've got to treat it like a business. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't, I was just trying to not do work. You know what I mean? Right. Like I just didn't right. want a job, but I realized now this is my job. And I realized mm-hmm. too, it's like, look, if Dee, Dee Ramon one day, you know, decided to show up, you know, in like a blazer, they would be like, where's your leather jacket? You know, right. like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, we have a uniform just like McDonald's, you know, right, like right. we have a product. And mm-hmm. when, when he was ready to quit the band, he cut his hair off, which was fuck you, you know, I'm not yeah. part of this thing, you know, it's a defiance. So 
I didn't get that. I just thought it was all like wild rock and roll and people just did whatever they felt like. So that did not serve me well, you know, that, mm-hmm. that I think that kind of stunted my, uh, my career growth, you know. I'm glad that you're talking about this because I, I talk about this a lot. And I used to think it was because, like, I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. My family has owned a bunch of different businesses. I've owned a bunch of different businesses. And I always thought that, like, maybe maybe that was just me trying to, like, push, you know, push that message out a little bit more. But through these conversations that I've had and just understanding the music business, it's it's you have to talk about this. You have to talk about it. If you want to do it as a career, if you want to like, if you want to play on the weekends with your friends or whatever, that's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you do want to do this as a career, you have to understand the business aspects of it. You have to understand marketing. You have to understand branding. You have to. And as soon as you start saying some of these words, I feel like a lot of times drummers eyes just glaze over and they're like, I don't want to, I'm just an artist and I don't want to, I don't want to deal with any of that stuff. Um, so how, and I know that you do coaching, so I want to talk about so I want to talk about that as well. How do you how do you sort of like sugarcoat that information? And I and I don't mean sugarcoat it in terms of like not telling the truth, but how do you sugarcoat it so it's digestible that people are still open to hearing the message? Like, how do you hide the vegetables? You know? Yeah. No, I think I think if someone finds me and then they end up you know, watching my videos or watching my Facebook lives and getting involved they're they're interested in this. You know what I mean? It's speaking to them. It's not for everybody. And, um, and I have had some people where like a wife or a girlfriend has purchased a session for somebody or even a parent. I've had, you know, parents purchase this for, for their kids, but their kids are like in their twenties. And those are the ones that aren't really super receptive. I mean, they're cool and they're cordial, but like, I don't hear the follow up. I don't see any of the actions getting taken. So um, I, I think it's for people who are ready for it. It's not for everyone who needs it. It's just for everyone who wants it, you know, and mm-hmm. um, and I think they've they've arrived at the conclusion I had arrived at. And for me, Christ, I was coming up on like 40 where it was like, OK, I know how to play the drums. I, you know, think I'm a reasonable human being. I get along with people. OK. So what's going on? And I've heard, you know, other musicians say, oh, man, just get out there and do work and you'll get more work. And if if that works for you, you'll know it because you'll be successful. Right. If it's not working for you, then you got to do something else. And that was that was the situation for me. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like like I'm married, been married 15 years. People say, like, Hi, what would you say is a key to a marriage? I kind of don't know because I I this just sort of came naturally. Right. You know, like I wasn't looking to get married. I just met somebody and boom, 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 you know, but my career. Oh, I can tell you how I did that because that did not come naturally. Right. Did you feel like you were sort of like you were kind of dragging your feet through the mud a little bit where like you, you were you were like, I'm pushing and I'm, I'm working, but and I'm working hard to try to do this. But like something's not clicking. Yeah, and I was getting angry. You know, I was getting really frustrated, and and not in an entitled way. Like I'm, I'm great. Why am I? Why aren't I famous? You know, it wasn't like that. It was like, God damn it! Like I want this. I know. I when I saw that Kiss record at age eight, like that was real shit. I know that's a divine inspiration. Why is my life not reflecting that? You know, I'm not mm. playing with the kind of people I want to play with. I'm not. I'm not touring. I'm not. I don't want to play cover songs. I want to play with the guy who wrote the song. 
You know, that was right. kind of the, that was the thing I had to get clear on like, well, what do I want to do? Cause I was doing this Vegas show and I was making really good money. And, and I was like, well, I'm playing music for people. That's great. And I'm getting paid well. Okay. That's nice. But what do I want to do? And it's like, I want to play with the guys who wrote the music, you know, I want to play with the guys who this is their band. Mm -hmm. And I've heard people say like, well, you know, it's kind of like being in a cover band. Look, when I played Detroit rock city with some friends, that was nothing like when I played it with Paul Stanley. Right. right. You know what I mean? It was a completely different thing. And we only did that once and it doesn't right. matter. It's mm -hmm. that was a completely different thing. So, um, yeah, so I, I don't feel like I was resisting. I mean, I can look back now and see that I was, but, uh, I, I was just truly baffled cause I was like doing everything I thought was right. And turns out I kind of had the whole thing backwards you know <laughs> can we like can we unpack some of this stuff a little bit like sort of talk about what you were doing before and sort of what you started doing that changed everything sort of like you know the old matt star and like matt star 2.0 or something like that yeah totally i mean you know i had always been um I sing and play guitar uh, and play drums. So, so I had gone back and forth between drumming and singing. So there were periods in my life where I was fronting bands. I was the songwriter. I was the leader of the band. We did records, etc. And then I was times when I played drums. And so I really, uh, wanted to do something with, with singing. And, um, i I realized after reflecting on it, I was always the, the most driven person in the band mm -hmm. and, and i was always you know honestly like the most talented but like I, I was you know and so i would get people that were committed which i appreciated that but i, I wasn't getting my ass kicked i was kicking everyone else's ass you know mm -hmm. and that's that was something you know when i started getting out there and networking and, and connecting with people and i was standing in a circle with chad smith and um uh, Stephen Perkins and Kenny Aronoff and I think it was Greg Bissonette and they're all talking and I'm in the circle with them talking and it felt great, but it felt uncomfortable. And I was like, ah, I am mm. the, I am the least, you know, successful guy in this circle. I am the least right. talent, talented, you could say, you know, guy in the circle, right? Which is what you want to be in, uh, you know, by, by right. all standards, so, right? So, for so long, I did not want to be that guy, you know, and now I know that I always want to be in the room with people who know more than I do. That's did you not I want to be that guy out of, out of ego? Well, looking back, I guess so. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I mean, here's the thing. It's like, I had a clear vision of what I wanted to do and I was passionate and I was driven and I just put a band together. I've did this a few different times, you know, throughout my life, put a band of people together and, and, you know, wrote the songs and created the, the concept and, and pushed everybody and made things happen. Like I got shit done. So I don't think it was like my ego doing all of that. I mean, it was truly right. passionate, but I realized it, it just wasn't working. And I was talking to the drum doctor, uh, Rob mm -hmm. and what's, uh, I can't think of his last name. Um, I forget. Um, now you're going to put me on the spot and I'm going to forget. I know I got him in my phone here. Oh, I, I got to look it up. Hold on a second. <laughs> uh, what the heck is his name? Oh, Davey, wow. which always talks about him too. Uh, Ross Gardfield. Yeah, Ross Gardfield. Ross Gardfield. So 
I was talking to him and I said, how did you, and this one, I just started getting back into drumming. I said, how did you get into this? You know? And he goes, well, I came, I was out here. I was, you know, like doing gigs and stuff, but I just started getting calls for all these rentals. And he goes, I just, I got to remember what he said, but he said something effective. I was just, I just answered the doors that were getting knocked on. And it was like, so matter of fact, like that's, you know, people that were asking me for something, I just said yes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, you know, I go, what's, I'm thinking, like, what's the best thing I do? And I said, well, like if I met Jimmy Page and he said, let's jam, what do you want to do? You want to sing or play drums? I would feel more comfortable playing drums. So I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I guess that's like the best thing I do. Right. So let me do that and let me be a soldier and not be a, a general, you know, let me be willing to be a and, and like, okay, I'm like special forces. Like I think of myself as a sniper, but you know, it's like, I am a team member, you know, I'm not the boss. And so that's what's that attitude along with the many other things has enabled me to play with people that, you know, I'm there on their stage, you know, it's their name on the marquee. Mm-hmm. It's their decades of building their career. And it's my time of building my name too. I got to a point where they knew who I was and I, felt that I could do the job, but it's, I'm there on their stage and, uh, working for them, you know, and that's a mm-hmm. mindset that I would not have been able to do that. I would not have been able to be in a situation and, you know, kept my mouth shut, not offered my opinion and, you know, kind of messed it up. Mm-hmm. It's such an interesting flip when you, when you can sort of step back and, and evaluate exactly what's going on. It takes a lot of self-awareness. I think it takes a lot of humility. I think it, it, it takes a lot of sort of just deep thinking and, and figuring out, but I think it's so hard. You know, they always say focus on your strengths. You know, what are you really good at? And, and just go sort of go all in on that or not sort of, but go all in on that. And this may be a tough question to answer, but how, how do you suggest people do that? You know, cause I'm sure that you get this. People say, Oh, that's great, Matt. But like, I don't know what my what my skill sets are. I don't know what I'm good at and what I'm bad at. Well, I think everybody knows why they're here. Whether they're conscious of what that is or not is is another story. Mm-hmm. But everyone has had at least a moment or two in their life of clarity. And whether they ignored it or, you know, they were raised to just kind of dismiss it and live for other people or um, you know, or, or it, they knew what it was, but they just got so much shit for doing it mm-hmm. that they just kind of gave up on it. Everybody knows why they're here and that's their guide. And so I used to say, you know, look, you've got to follow your dream. And even if you, you know, say you're five feet tall and you're 50 years old, you want to play center for the LA Lakers. Like maybe that's not going to work. Okay. You know what? Since I've been doing this long enough, no, I don't know that. Now, are you going to actually be the center for the LA Lakers? Probably not. Right. But if that's your dream, if like for real in your heart, then pursue it. You've got mm-hmm. to pursue it. You've got to say yes, because it's a conversation with the universe, God, however you want to look at it, your intuition, whatever, whatever, you know, people want to think of it as. But there's a there's a dialogue. Everything is a relationship. So, you know, you and I have a relationship on the phone right now. I have a relationship to my phone. I relate. Sometimes it's, you know, it's obsessive relationship. <laughs> you know, I have a relationship to my drums. I have a relationship with money. I have a relationship with, you know, the people I work with. I have re- everything is energy. Everything is a relationship. And so if I'm not listening to that little thing that's pinging me on the shoulder going, hey, psst, you know, you, you should do this. You're here to do this. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, it kind of, it, it, it fades away, but it never goes away. 
you know, right. so I think the first thing is to get clear on what it is that you want to do. And that's I, I help people do that all the time, because sometimes they know that they just don't want to do what they're doing. And it's yeah. like, OK, that's fine. But that can turn into a huge lack of gratitude and a shitty attitude. And it's like, look, when I was playing three, you know, doing three sets a night and some smelly bar playing a bunch of crap with a click track and tracks and all this junk. And, you know, I, I was not happy doing that. But that was not the problem. The fact that I could pay my bills with that was a blessing. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's not like making the thing I'm doing be a negative. It's that I would rather be doing something else. Okay, what is that thing? Because right. a lot of times people want to focus on what they're not happy with and then quit. And I'm like, well, if you have a lot of money, then quit. But if you are relying on this for your income, hold on and spend some time working towards what it is you do want to do. And then right. you'll know when it's time to make the jump, you know, but mm -hmm. the first thing is just getting clear. And even if you just go, you know, I just, I, I want to, I don't want to do this. Okay, well, cool. That's a start, you know, but right. I, I think we, we all know why we're here and it's just a matter of, of, of living from that place. Cause we're mm -hmm. making the whole thing up anyway. Right. Man, you I say I mean? that all, I'm like, everyone's just trying to figure it out. Like where everyone's just, just making it up, you know, as we go, as we go. <laughs> So you've heard me mention numerous times about the new kits that are coming out from Apex and uh, some revolutionary stuff that they've been working on. And they finally released all of the information about it, about the Black Panther Design Lab series drum kits. And you have to go to MapexDesignLab.com to learn everything about it. They were not exaggerating when they said it's some revolutionary stuff. They have a new hardware that has uses a magnetic field that hangs the drum. So it's sort of just floating there and you can adjust the tension. You can adjust the sound. And there is a lot more information than I can explain here in 45 seconds. I recommend going to mapexdesignlab.com. You will be blown away by the technological advancements that they've made over there at Mapex. Check them out. Go to mapexdesignlab.com. I have no doubt that as a drummer, you've had ringing in your ears. What you may not realize, though, is anytime you have ringing in your ears, that is permanent hearing loss. And it can happen from just playing drums at a low volume for a few minutes. Now, you have a couple options. You can get those foam earplugs, and they're made for construction workers and snoring spouses, and they're, they're pretty ugly, and they don't really fit well. Or you can get Vibes high-fidelity earplugs. These are earplugs that are made specifically for musicians just to lower the decibels by 22 decibels so you get crystal clear clarity while protecting your ear plus they're one size fits all because they have a bunch of different tips that you can use they're washable they're reusable and they're super discreet so people aren't even going to know that you're using them they're great so great in fact they were even featured on shark tank the best part is i've teamed up with them and you can get a pair of vibes for 20 bucks delivered right to your door all you have to do is go to discovervibes.com and use the promo code resource. That is discovervibes.com. Use the promo code resource. You can spend 20 bucks to protect your hearing now or spend a lot of money later in life getting hearing aids and all sorts of different things. Check them out. Discovervibes.com. Use the promo code resource. Tell me if you've ever dealt with this because I, I feel like I've, I've experienced this in my own life um, where there may be something that I'm working towards and then I start to realize it's actually not the thing that I want. And I have a hard time giving up on, not giving up on it, but not pursuing it anymore because I run, I'm running this question through my head and I'm saying, am I giving up because it's hard 
or am I giving up because I actually don't want to be doing this? And like for you, you know, we're, we're, you know, with you being the lead guy and being the boss and all those things, you know, did you struggle with giving that up and, and, and leaning into being a soldier and being a sideman? Was it hard for you? Or were you saying like, am I giving this up, you know, because I'm failing at it or am I giving it up because it's not getting me to where I want to be? Does that make any sense? Yeah, totally. I think probably looking back, I had, I probably had a lot of feelings of failure. Yeah, I'm sure. Because, you know, I had wanted to accomplish this thing and I had not accomplished it. Right. And, uh, yeah, yeah. As you're asking me that question, I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah, man. God, I was in this whole thing. Yeah. That, that was a really, uh, confusing and disheartening time. And, um, it was hard to get clarity on that until it wasn't. You know what I mean? Until I had clarity. And then I was like, oh, okay. You know, I can mm-hmm. do it this way. Like I thought it was going to be this. Okay. Once I got over the fact that it wasn't, mm-hmm. then, okay, well now what is it? And what do you want to do? But yeah, I had a hard time letting go of that. Right. I had a hard time uh, letting go. But you know, was, again, once was there I was anything that you accept it? Say that again. I'm sorry. Yeah. Just once I was willing to accept it. Mm-hmm. Then it was, then it was, you know, again, it was hard to accept until it wasn't. And then it, then it was fine. Right. Was there anything in particular that you, that you did? It may be a hard question, but just the idea of like unpacking this and, and offering up tactical advice for, because I'm sure that you and I, I because I've gone through this and you have, and I know that you and I are not the only two people to deal with this sort of thing. Yeah. So what's, what's the question? Just if you, was there any specific things that you did to sort of help yourself get clarity and, and get over what was bothering you about giving giving up on that that portion of your career or that that angle? No, I think the the most healing thing was to just move forward, you know, because I mm-hmm. once I realized it, I was like, ah, and I felt bad and I felt guilty and I felt sad and felt and it was just like, yeah, okay, let's just keep moving. Let's just keep moving, you know, because I, right. I was motivated. And so I think just moving forward and taking action was the thing that really healed it. And mm-hmm. um, and starting to see, you know, starting to reach out to people who were more successful than I was right. and who were living the life that I wanted to live and talking to them and understanding how they thought and how they how they looked at things and how they conducted themselves and even just mm-hmm. watching carried themselves. You know, there was right. all this stuff. I was totally open to learning. Right. That was actually, that's a good segue because that was going to be my next question is when you, okay, I, you're deciding that you're going to do this. You're saying, okay, I, I know that I don't need to be the leader of the band playing covers or I don't need, but sorry, know, I, I stepped in one of my kids toys. <laughs> I, don't <know laughs> hear, I don't know if you could hear that, but it was like, it was like a little guitar. <laughs> I initially thought you, all I heard was I stepped on one of my kids and I was like, Oh no. And then you're like toys. And I was like, Oh, okay. That's good. <laughs> yeah. No, sorry. That's Carry fine. on. Sorry. To interrupt. Uh, just the, the, the question was when you decided that you were going to go down this road, you real, you sort of got the clarity, you got the vision. I'm always really interested in hearing sort of the zero to one, right? So it's Monday night and you say, okay, I'm going to do this. I've got it all figured out, whatever it is, you know, you write it down on a piece of paper, you have the vision in your head. What do you do Tuesday morning when you wake up? And that's always the interesting thing to me. Like where, like 
boots on the ground the next morning, where, what, how do you start? Yeah, I mean, specifically, it's about just getting around people who were doing it. And just, fortunately, I live in L.A., so, you know, I, but I was emailing people, I was, you know, Googling people, learning about them, learning about their, their career path. I had all these stupid ideas, you know, if it was going to happen, it would happen by now. And, if, and it's like, that's just not true. You know what I yeah, mean? So it's I just such bullshit. That, yeah. There were so many different stories and, um, and, and again, just connecting with the people that were doing it, asking questions. And, you know, one of those guys early on, um, was Jason Sutter and he had played with, at the time he just he uh once we just we had met and he got the manson gig but prior to that mm-hmm. he played with chris cornell and the new york yeah, dolls yeah. and you know all these different bands and and foreigner and these classic rock bands and then cornell is more of a new thing so uh i like the way his career looked he seemed like a cool guy and and mm-hmm. so I, I was like a year or two into it and he said to me he goes he goes man i didn't realize that you had played with kevin dubro and that you were in this band called beautiful creatures and I realized I hadn't told him anything about myself. I didn't come to him and say, hey, man, you know, I've done this and that and I'm looking. I right. said, you tell me about you. I don't, you know, if I'm in a room with Ringo Starr, Ringo doesn't need to know that I play with Ace Freely. Right. He need, I need to know about him. Yeah. You know what I mean? But so often people think, well, I need to tell you about me so you'll give me a break. And that's not what it is, man. It's not, it's, it's not like I want you to think that I'm so-and-so it's like, how do I actually become that? And if you are that, then you know how to do that. So I'm going to ask you how you did it. Yeah, man. You know, it's funny that you, you're, you're, as you're telling me this, I'm thinking about when I went back home and I had, and I was like meeting up with some people and I was like, I was like totally that guy that was like the douchey, like name dropping God, and I didn't even mean to be. Hmm. And I left, and I was like, "What?" I was like, "What the hell was that all about?" I was like, "What?" what? Like, I didn't ask anybody like what they were doing or how. Like, it was like it was so. It was, like, and I'm not. I'm. I. I, I try not to be that guy at all. Mm-hmm. It was totally like a, like a uh, sort of like an out of body experience, and like just you telling the story sort of brought back all those memories of of. Like what? It's so pointless to to do that in any situation, especially in a situation where you really want to learn from someone and you want, you know, you you want to soak up as much knowledge and experience and wisdom as you can. It's like sometimes we just need to shut our mouths and just, you know, ask questions and stop talking. Always, yeah. And and this changed my life. I mean, you know, approaching things like this. Like I'd walk into a 7-Eleven and see some guy there who was always fucking there. And I'd be like, Hey, you know, um, is this your place? And you'd see the guy just light up, you mm-hmm. know? And I, and I, I'm like, how long have you had it? Oh, oh you know, uh, you know, and of course I'm going to like do an impression of an Indian guy. Cause it usually is like someone from that area of the world who owns it. And they're so proud, you know, that this is their business, you mm-hmm. know, and that, and that they, oh, I've been here for, you know, five years or, you know, how's it going? How's business? Like, how is it rather than, you know, oh, 129. Okay, cool. Thanks. Bye. Right. You know, like, who are you? Why, why, what are you doing? You know, and it's just a completely different way of looking at the world and experiencing the world. And I learned that from different people. I, you know, I did a record with Mike Chapman, who Mike has written and produced so many of my favorite 
records and 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 specifically like songs like ballroom blitz by the sweet like he wrote that mm-hmm. hey mickey by tony basil i love that song he wrote that um you know uh my sharona heart of glass Jeez. uh kiss you all over like these are all songs that he produced you know there were all these songs that had this this resonance with me and then i realized that he was involved with all that and i said i gotta work with this guy and right. so he could talk to anybody he didn't dis well there was actually two people he disliked and i won't say who they are but <laughs> um and one of them was one of somebody who i love and i said oh you worked with him can you tell me he goes uh, man he goes i i never i don't want to i never speak you know negative about anybody he goes but he was the worst person i ever met in my life wow <laughs> but it's such a I, bummer too Oh, totally. I mean, it was kind of not surprising, but, you know, sort of funny. But but for real, like he could talk to anybody and there just wasn't judgment. He was just like mining their story, you know, for because that's who he is. And ultimately, like he might write a song about it or whatever. But it's just and that wasn't like the calculation on his part. But that I just watched how he experienced life. He was interviewing people constantly. And, and he just, Oh, this is a rough and tumble guy. Who's probably not that honest. Oh, this is a really sweet, nice, quiet guy who was very conservative and, and votes for Donald Trump. Like he didn't give a shit about any of that, you know, he, but he just, he got to know the person and understand the person. Mm-hmm. And so that was a real uh, eye opener. There's a song that he wrote for Susie Quattro called "She's in Love with You," and it's just, it's it's about it's to a guy like talking about this girl she's in, she loves you, and so just like be good to her and stuff. But the way he talks in the song, the lyrics, and Susie sings it, but the lyrics, like I'm like this guy has an understanding of women that I just I I is beyond me. Right. You know, he just right. has this understanding of people and situations. So. Yeah. So again, I just try and learn as much as I can. And I tell people in the coaching work too, I said, you know, look, it's substance over style. So if like, you know, there's the Johnny Thunders looking guy who's all badass and cool and wakes up at noon and, you know, does takes the bus everywhere. Or then there's like the sellout douchey guy who's got a record deal and, you know, uh, makes music on his computer, but he's like driving a Mercedes, like talk to that guy. Talk mm-hmm. to the guy that's having more success. Don't right. worry. Like you can be the Johnny Thunders guy with your hair and your tattoos, but talk to the guy who's having the success. And so kind of what I was focused on changed because I would be more critical of someone's shoes than who actually like what they were doing with their life. And it's like, look, I can get cool shoes, but I want to talk to people who are successful. And I would right. suggest talking to a small business owner who's having success over a musician who's struggling, you know, because it's you just want to get around that that success mm-hmm. you know, and especially that. if you get around too many people who are are unsuccessful and there's ne- and we can define success any way you want to so whatever of you course. determine as successes um absolutely but, you know you get around get around too many people who are are negative and that is just it's toxic and you you are who you surround yourself with and if you hang out with a bunch of negative people i guarantee you're going to be negative and cynical and and look at everything in a negative light. Yeah. Or you're going to think, you know, uh, everyone's so negative, but I'm so positive. It's like, yeah, try getting around people who are even more positive than, you know, right. and who, who up your game. Cause that's mm-hmm. the other part too, I think is being around people where you can feel like better about yourself. And the thing is, it's not a competition. It's just all inspiration. Yeah. You know, but I remember when I pulled into, uh, I pulled into the parking lot for a Mr. Big rehearsal and there was 
uh, a Mercedes, a BMW, and a Lexus. And I remember thinking, God, I used to pull in the band rehearsals and the cars were just pieces of shit. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, this feels good. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, and it's not, it's not like a, it's not a pretentious thing and it's not a, it's not a uh, materialistic thing. It's like, if I'm going to do this as a career, I need to make money. And if someone offers you a job and they say, we'll pay you $10,000 a year or we'll pay you $10 million a year, which one would you choose? Right? It's yeah, same job. And, and again, <laughs> it's, it's, I think that's one thing I'm always mindful of. And I tell, you know, I tell clients and I tell myself this too. I'm like, my goal, like my goal has been to help people close the gap between their talent level and their success level, because mm -hmm. there's plenty of people that are super talented, but they're not having the success, you know? And so what's with that gap? And I say, there's, you can be, you know, however talented you are, there's somebody out there doing your job, not as well as you, and they're making twice the money you're making. Yep. You know, so, and, and in half the time. So what's that about? You know, how do you mm -hmm. close that gap? You still be you. That doesn't mean don't be great. No, no, no. You bring what you bring to the table. But mm -hmm. just know, you know, that there's always more. There's always more out there. There's always more out there. And again, musicians, you know, man, I'm just not feeling it, bro. Okay, that is not, that's not a successful mindset. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Right. Right. I never, I never heard Kenny Aronoff go, "Oh, dude, you know, I'm just not feeling it, man." You know, he's like, <laughs> "I got, I got a free minute. Cool, you got work. Let's do it." You know. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah. Um, that's just, it's you know, it's it's a, it's a work in progress. I mean, look, I you know, I grew up and you see pictures of Joe Perry and you know, uh, you know, Ace Frehley and all these rock stars, and you think you you imagine how they must be and they, how they must act based on how they dress and how they look on stage. And, you know, maybe some of them are like that, but the ones that have sustained success, you know, there, there's, there's conversations like we're having, there's real, you know, business conversations right. going on. And, and, and too, if you look at the, the history of bands that break up, it's usually over money. Yep. You know, publishing, mm -hmm. which translates into money or how, what a percentage of the band that they, you know, own and that translates into money. And so, you know, it's, it's important stuff, you know? Yeah, for sure. Is there, when you were saying about bridging that gap, is there any sort of like tried and true things that you see over and over and over again, or is it always a case by case basis with, with the people that you coach? Well, it starts with the mindset, you know, when I talk to people and I say, so what is it, you know, what, why did you reach out to me? What made you go, ah, I got to call this. I got to reach out to this guy. I got to get, you know, and, and, and if they say, well, you know, I, I just want to, I just want to do some, I just don't, I don't, that's not it. When you just, I just want to, it's like a little, can I just get a little piece of bread, even a crumb? It doesn't have to be a big tour. Like I met with somebody and the guy goes, well, I want to do a thing. I, I don't have, I don't want to be a millionaire. I just, I go, whoa, 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 hold on. Why not? Right. Well, and, 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 and they're, you know, the thinking is, well, I don't want to come off as a phony. I'm not in this for the money. It's like, look, man, m music is music and money is money. But they're not. It's this. I've written about this a lot, too. It's this phony myth that, you know, if you if you're sincere about music, you don't care about money. And I have not found that to be true. Right. You know, right. I think think David Bowie and Mick Jagger and Keith Richards and Jimmy Page are all really into music. 
and yeah. all really into money. Yeah. You like know? what's, uh, uh, you know, Shep Gordon, the, the infamous, uh, manager, he managed Alice Cooper for up. I, I think he still does maybe, or maybe he just stopped. But mm-hmm. he would always yeah, say, uh, he had, he said it was, uh, he had three rules. He was like, get the money. Don't forget to get the money and always remember to don't, don't forget to get the money. And, and uh, you know, a lot of times his artists would be like, Oh, I'm not really worried about the money. He's like, all right, well then give it to me. Right. <laughs> I'll right. take it. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think guys either realize that, you know, in their forties, like, Oh shit, you know, um, I should have thought more about the money, you know? Right. So again, so to bridge that gap, it starts with the mindset because if someone again is just saying like, I, I just want to play, I just, I, it doesn't have to be anything big. It's like they're, they're, they're holding themselves back just, but with that verbiage, just with that mm-hmm. kind of talk, you know? So right. I think having a clear idea of what they want to do and not being afraid to say it, you know, what, what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. What kind of life do you want to have? What kind of career, what kind of people do you want to play with and say it out loud? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think people are afraid to, to say it out loud because once they put it out there, then it's real and they've said it. And then if they don't do it, then everyone will know that they said it and they failed. But if they don't say anything, then no one will ever know that they were trying to do that. And if they fail, then they're like, well, you know, no one knows. Yeah. I think it's, you know, for me, like people always said, well, you know, you, you, you march to your own drummer, you know? And, And I said, well, whose drummer are you listening to? First of all, but also it's like, the thought of failing wasn't scary. The thought of like doing a nine to five job and not doing this for a living, that was scary. Right. You know, so I was more frightened of not doing it. So I was, mm-hmm. you know, so if I was motivated by fear, it was that fear right. where, yeah, I think for other people, it's the fear the uncertainty of the music business or the uncertainty of, you know, you don't go to music college and then get a gig at like rock and roll incorporated. I mean, you know, it's, right. it's not really laid out. So, that scares some people away but again what scared me was the idea of not being able to do this and not do what i wanted to do right with my life so it's it's a perception of of what what motivates you mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. uh and yeah and i think you know there's all there's all sorts of reasons and 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 i think some of that is helpful to know you know us oh, my parents were invalidating towards my dreams okay that's good to know anyway so what are you going to do tomorrow right you know, are you going to, you're going to make a call. You're going to make an email. You're going to do a post. You're going to go out to a club. You're going to go meet some people, shake some hands, put up a flyer, whatever it is you got to do. And, mm-hmm. and usually the, the, you know, the, the least, uh, important thing you need to do is like pick up your sticks, you know, right. and I'm not, and not encouraging people to re- to practice and be better, but that's usually most times musicians think, well, I guess I'm just not good enough. And I'm like, mm, no, probably not. Cause I yeah, think that's probably too. not it. You know, I think that too. Well, I'm, I don't know. You know, I, I didn't get that gig because, you know, I'm not good enough. Or, it's like, dude, it could have been a haircut that got that guy the gig. You know? Right. Right. You right. just you just don't. You just don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, you just don't know. I, I was going to say something about. And to, oh, I, I was going to say the idea of, of a lot of people who have day gigs or, you know, or even like a part-time gig and like part-time job, I mean, and they're thinking about quitting to so they can pursue music full time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, so how many gigs are you playing a month now? And it's like, oh, I played two. You know, and it's like, so you're going to quit your job so you have more time to what? To practice? 
Like, I don't think you should quit your day job. <laughs> you should probably, you should probably hold on to that until you get to the point where you cannot work your day job anymore because you just physically don't, you, you don't have the time to, you, you can't fit it in. Not like, so you can quit your job because all you're going to do is probably sit on the couch for eight hours a day. Right. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, um, that's something that I see people do or want to do, you know, where sometimes they do it before they find me and I'm like, Oh, okay. You did that. Or if they're trying, they're going, I'm going to quit my job. I go, Oh, hold on now. Hang on. Yeah. You know, the most, I think the most challenging thing is being in two worlds, you know? So yeah, you feel like I want to do music full time. So I'm going to quit this stupid job that's paying all my bills and giving me security. And it's like, well, why don't you keep the job and go out? every night and do your music and make connections and develop relationships. So again, Mm -hmm. yeah, like what you said, you're so busy. You don't have enough room or time in your life for your day job. Right. You know, but that's, well, that requires work and, you know, perseverance and, you know, it's like, well, yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not, it's not the real world. Yeah. You know, it's not, I, cause I tried that. That's what I did. I did that. I had that Vegas gig and I just said, Nope, I'm ready. Universe is going to support me. And you know, blah, blah, blah. And I quit and I freaked the fuck out for about six months. Yeah. I mean, I made it, I made it, I made it through, but that was scary shit. And I'm like, why did I do that? But yeah. I just, I, I just wanted to be, have that thing out of my life as this big statement of who I was. And it's like who I was, I'm broke. That's what the statement is. It's not, <laughs> right. you know, it's not, it's not like I quit that gig and then next day I was, you know, playing in Led Zeppelin. It's like, no, mm-hmm. I just now now I don't have that gig. Yeah. Yeah. And and sort of to to put a footnote on that too is the idea of um that the uh, I just totally lost my train of thought. It was there and it just went right out the window. Oh, you were talking sorry, you were talking about uh about mindset. That's the other thing too. If you can change your mindset about your job instead of being like I th- I hate this crappy job that is like, you know, soul crushing. You can think of it another way like, oh, this job is financing my music career right now. So, buy some gear, put some money in the bank, you know, support yourself and use that job as as the 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 fin- your rich uncle, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what I always say is, you know, your life now and my life, everybody's life, wherever we are now, it's a result of decisions and thinking from, you know, last week, last month, last year, last 10 Mm -hmm. years. Right. And probably really from childhood. So like, it's not my fault, but it's my responsibility. Right. So if I have a job or a situation, a relationship, whatever it is, relationship to my job or relationship with a person, whatever that I don't like, or I'm not happy with, that is a result of what I've said and done and believed for the last, you know, several years. And if I want to change it, it's going to take some time, you right. know, but to right. take responsibility for it and have gratitude for it. You know, sometimes we get into situations and we go, this is, this is a negative situation. Other times you get in a situation, you go, I just don't want this anymore. You know, I want something more or I want something different. But it doesn't have to be – it's like you know when you're in high school, you're trying to break up with your girlfriend. You're trying to find her to be annoying so you can get mad at her and dump her. It's like, you know what? <laughs> when you're an adult, you just go, you know what? You're awesome, but it's just not working. Right. You know right. what I mean? It's like there's nothing wrong with you. It's just – I mean it might be some things that annoy me, but it's like really you're fine. It's just as we got further down the road, I realized that. Eh. Not really, you know, this isn't for me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, you know, go my own way. So I yeah. think that's a natural tendency. You want to make something be t- terrible so it's easier to let it go. And it's like, 
No, man, the gratitude is, is the is the key that opens all the doors. So just having that that attitude is going to be a helpful thing across the board. Mm-hmm. I agree. So what are um, what are some of the things that you're that you're currently working on? I know that you do the coach. So talk about the coaching a little bit, too, because I think that's important. I do the same uh, the same stuff. And I like I work with um, people who are trying to advance their careers and figure all that out. But I don't know. I may not be the right guy. You know, like maybe they should work with you. So I would love to hear about the stuff that you do, too, so that if the listeners want to check you out, I'd recommend they do. Sure. Yeah. Thank you. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's it's my clinics and my lessons eventually turned into how'd you get this gig? How did this happen? How did that happen? And people wanting to know, like, how do you go from being a guy woodshedding in your in your, you know, your band room to someone who's getting paid to tour the world with legendary artists or whoever it is that you want to play with? And so um, I realized, you know what, I'm just going to do workshops instead of clinics and I'm going to offer coaching sessions instead of drum lessons. And I can talk to any musician, you know, it doesn't, it's not Mm -hmm. just exclusive to drummers. And so, you know, again, my story coming up in my forties, realizing I wasn't happy. I, you know, I was married. I was about to have kids, like all this stuff that we tell ourselves is a, is a reason why it's not going to happen. It's all bullshit. I'm too old. I'm too this. I'm too, it's just like, nope, nope, nope. And, um, you know, and my career, I think, is is the evidence of what I was doing that works. I say, you know, I tell people, I go, Google Matt Star 2010. You're not going to find anything. You know, 2012 mm-hmm. is when I started playing with Ace, right? So that's kind of what happened. And so, uh, you know, I do one-on-one coaching. Uh, we have a membership site where people can uh, have access to a, a whole vault of videos and uh, motivational writings and topics and get a weekly email and all this stuff. Um, and then I'm also working on a workbook, which is an eight week course. And that literally tells people exactly day by day by day. Okay. Today is Monday. This is your reading. This is your assignment. Do this, write about this, whatever it is, and just walks them through. And so I've had a chance to refine what I've done because what I've done works, but it hasn't always been graceful. You know how I've done it. Sometimes it's been like a kind of a mess. And so after doing this for 10 years, I found what really works and what's the best ways to, to see the results. Um, so, so that's, that's kind of in a nutshell, what I do with that work. And it's, you know, it's just been so rewarding. I was talking to somebody about it today. I said, you know, if I show somebody like the end of rock and roll, there's a, you know, the bottom fills mm-hmm. and it's, and someone gets it, that's gratifying, but may want to do a coaching sessions with people. And then I see them implement this stuff and I start seeing their posts and I start seeing like their lives changing and they're yep. traveling yep. or their gigs getting better. Or they, you know, call me and go, dude, I did all this stuff. You know, what happens so often is like, you know, you told me to do all this. I did all this. And then completely seemingly unrelated, the phone rang from this person over here. And I guess got this great opportunity to play this gig for this much money, whatever it is. And it's like, yeah, man, you just start putting that energy out and it comes back. Mm-hmm. And that is just profound, you know, and I, and, and I'm sure you know the same thing. It's like to have somebody let you into their dreams and, and be vulnerable and say like, I don't know the answer. Can you please help me? Right. You know, that's yeah. a really, that's always like a, such a sacred place and a sacred conversation. It's not just like, oh man, tell me how to get more gigs, dude. You know, cause yeah. it's never, it's never, yeah, that. that's never. Yeah. And I, it's with you saying this, it sounds like pretty much the same story that I have. I mean, I, I taught lessons for years and was like, I didn't really dig it and I wasn't very good at it. And I think, 
I don't know if I didn't dig it because I wasn't good at it or I wasn't good at it because I didn't dig it, one or the other. Uh, but it just didn't work. But then the other side of it where I, I realized that I could help people with their career and their business and their marketing and their brand, like all of that stuff and like sort of goal setting and planning and, and just getting clarity and all that stuff. And you, like you said, seeing the, seeing the results of that is amazing. So I've seen it through the podcast and through the code. It's just, it's, yeah, there's no, there's no, I don't think there's any greater feeling than to help someone else do something, you know, or, or, or reach their goals or, or, you know, achieve their dreams. It's amazing. It is. And I think too, for musicians, again, like you and I were talking, just traditional business words and phrases kind of can be a turnoff, but it's like, you know what, man, get over it. You know, it's like right. marketing and branding. It's like branding. What's that? Every single thing you post on social media, that's your branding. That's your brand. You know? yeah. So if you're complaining or you're talking about cats or, you know, you're <laughs> talking about cigars or, you know, Mahavishnu, whatever it is, that's your branding. You know, unless you yeah. have secret profile that only your friends, you know, your close friends and your mom and dad can see every single thing you post is branding. Mm-hmm. So there is no, there's no such thing as, you know, your personal page. Yeah. Um, if, sure. if people can see it, you know, so mm-hmm. yeah, it's a, it's a whole, the whole mess of stuff, but you know, it works. And again, some people, you know, when I did all this research, you know, some people do it naturally. And so they might not be able to articulate what it is that they're doing. Mm-hmm. And then there's other people, you know, like me that have to think about it. And then those guys will be able to, you know, explain it better. But even with the people that are good at it, you just got to pay it to play, pay close attention. You know, mm-hmm. I think there's people that would go, you know, there were kids that went to see a kiss concert and they bought all the programs and they bought all the t-shirts and they bought all the records and they hung them on, on their wall. And I did that, but I was also watching how they were pacing the show and when they used the pyro and you know how they did the thing like the mechanics of the show right and right. so that's kind of the other the other piece of it makes sense yeah so where uh, yeah where uh if people want to follow along with what you have going on they want to get in contact with you they want, where is the best place to just go to your website matt star music probably the best place is uh just because everything is moving so fast, you know, and mm-hmm. like updating the website. So you go to somebody's website and it's like the last gig they had was 2014. Like they're still gigging, but they just haven't. Updated. They just haven't updated so, the site. Yeah. Um, to just go to my Facebook page and and I, I can't add any more friends, but people can follow me and you can easily just send me messages. Um, OK. So even if you can't add me, you can still send me a message. So and that's that is also Matt Star Music. Just look for me the mustache and and that's that's that and then for the coaching stuff it's mattstarcoaching.com okay cool and i will uh i'll be sure to link up to all that stuff there's show notes for every episode so we link up to all that stuff too where where the listeners can find it so that'll be super easy for them and um i just want to thank you for for making this happen i know you and i went back and forth and and trying to figure all this out so i appreciate you taking the time and making the time to to do this and also to congratulate you on your success and i love the i love the message of 
you know, you're not too old. You're not this. You're not, nobody has, nobody has the upper hand or whatever it is. It's like, you just have to get some clarity. You got to figure it out and then you got to work hard to, to achieve it. And you, you embody all that. So, and I, I really, I love that. I appreciate it. I respect it. Well, thank you, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. And you know, the same for you. And I appreciate Thanks, you man. taking the time too. Cause we went, we went back and forth and yeah, there was, we should post all our threads on the, on, on, the, yeah. on, on your site, you know, here's the podcast and here's what it took to, to make it happen, yeah. you know, which is and, really like a testament, I think, you know, just to close with this, but the perseverance, you know what I mean? It's like trying to make it happen and, and some, depending on if something is really personal and you want it to happen, you know, and it doesn't, you know, you're trying to get somebody to trying to connect with somebody that you think might be a good person for your career or you're trying to get a gig or you're trying to connect with some other, you know, musician or whatever. And it's like, it takes a while, man. Yeah. You know, I've, I've had people reach out to me and then, you know, they just want to chat or say hi or whatever. And if I don't get back to them, then they're like, Oh, forget it. You know? And it's like, yeah. Okay. You know, there you go. Yep. I guess, I Dude, guess this I, is the career for you. <laughs> they're I, I, like, and I would be, I would be totally, you know, open to showing people these emails. There's literally people who I've been emailing back and forth for sometimes two and three years to get them on the podcast. Legitimately. Absolutely. Totally. I I mean, you and I have been talking for at least, we've been talking for at least a year and a half. Like I actually saw, it was kind of funny. This happens a lot with the podcast. I actually saw you at, um, at NAMM. And I don't know if you remember this, but it was like you, uh, who else? My buddy Dan, or you know Daniel Glass. Um, sure. Uh, uh, who else was there? Um, Ray Luzier was there. Yeah. We were doing like a photo shoot at like some booth for Drum Tax, I think it was. Drum Tax, yeah. Yeah, and I, I just walked up and sort of like brief. I was just like, hey, man, I'm Nick from Drummer's Resource. And there was sort of a lot of commotion and we didn't get to talk. But... Uh, but that, I mean, that was a year ago. Yeah, no. It, and we were already been, in talks, you know, of, of doing it. So it's, yeah, it just, it takes a while. And I have guys who I've connected with fellow drummers that we know and, and love. And, uh, and some of those relationships have taken like two years to just get coffee. Yeah. And then sometimes it's coffee and that's it. And then, you know, it's like when I see him, it's like, Hey dude, Hey, how are you? But other ones have turned into real, you know, friendships. And so, right. Again, it's just, it takes what it takes. Just it, it's a, everything is a, is a balance and it's a combination of humility and, and relentless perseverance. But yeah. again, with humility and it's mm-hmm. like to just not stop, but be patient and don't take yeah. it personally, you know? Yeah, for sure. Well, I hope that I hope that uh, people get in touch with you or you know reach out, go to go to your website, at least you know find out what you got going on, see if you guys are the right fit. I think it's I think it's smart of them to do that. And I would say that I wish you more success, but I already know you're going to have it. So so you got that. So well, but, thank uh, you. I'll take the wish anyway, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I I would say I not that I don't wish it. I I was going to say <laughs> that. Uh, that I wish you good luck and, and you, Thank don't need, you. you don't need the luck. You know, you just work hard and, and you'll get it. So, uh, Matt, thanks again, man. I appreciate you. Enjoy the rest of your night, man. And, th- and thanks again for doing it. You got it. Thanks, Nick. 
so there you have it that is matt star and i know that i learned a lot from that and i know that there are a lot of you out there who are seeking this sort of advice or you know have been asking me about it and i think that matt is a guy who can definitely shed some light on that so check him out go to mattstarmusic.com or mattstarcoaching.com if you want to learn more follow him all that fun stuff and until the next podcast keep drumming thank you so much for listening and i'll be talking to you soon peace